0: So in this uh, process of mindfulness of breathing, uh, it's actually um, tuning awareness to mindfulness of breathing, to to the breathing process. It starts very simply, no one's breathing in, no one's breathing out. Simple isn't it? And yet, uh, simple fact. But just getting awareness to tune into that, rather than follow karma, follow mental karma, follow its, follow the preoccupations and the stories of our lives, how how uh, magnetic that is, and how that seems to be the real, the real stuff, really what's happening. Hmm. It's happening, all right. The beings never get to the end of the story or found out who wrote it just by following it. Mm, it just goes on and on. Like uh, Coronation Street. <laughs> or the, what's it, The Archers, how many years? <laughs> you know, it's never, <laughs> g- never going to end. <laughs> There'll always be another <laughs> something getting sick, and some, you know, the end of every episode, be something to get you onto the next episode. <laughs> mm. It's, it's a kind of reality to it. Because there are times in our lives when it's just the, um, you know, it gets very difficult. Don't lose, lose the script, lose the plot, as they say. <laughs> are we looking for the plot? What should I do? What should I be? What should I make? Why is it like this? And certainly you come to those places in retreat. What am I doing here? Hmm. Because there's, there's no real story in this, you know. It's just here it is. But to uh, say this isn't really about developing content so much as handling it and translating it to just very fundamental um, experiences. You could say the Four Noble Truths. Mm. The dilemma of being somebody. Uh, dilemma of that. Being something that's continually changing, expecting and basing one's life upon some sense of certainties in future. And yet every, now everything is changing and shifting all the time. It's kind of dilemmas. And the kind of uh, <coughs> grabbing that the system does to try to to manage that. Mm. And the more we are conditioned into having quite refined certainties over things we do by the hour, by the day, you know, the kind of life program. Literally, a tremendous strain on the system just to get through a week of trying to make everything work, you know, and nothing really works, does it? It's, sort of, it's always <coughs> breaking down and changing, shifting, new stuff coming up. Sometimes unexpected miracles and lovely things. But it's never going according to the plot. And yet you've got to keep creating one. So there's that kind of tension and stress. Mm -hmm. Mm. And the personality is this kind of socialized form that that gets built in us. To manage this, when you start off as a little tot, personality is pretty pretty um, minimal, but it gradually develops over years of this being in a social situation of managing and handling and doing this, that and the other. What's what's approved of, what's okayed by other people. It's your interface, so the bits that are okay with everybody else get established, in the bits that nobody wants to know about, <laughs> or aren't allowed, gets kind of shunted to the side. Unfortunately, it doesn't make them go away, it just puts them in the shadow. Yeah. So you have quite a large amount of unresolved stuff, shadow stuff, just beyond the personality. <coughs> the can't, personality can't manage it. Mm. Um, yeah. Aloneness or frustration or hunger, the hunger of being. Hmm. What's this got to do with mindfulness of breathing? Well, actually, what we're doing with that is with mindfulness, you're attuning to a process that's, that's actually not controlled or by the personality, it's an aspect of your experience that's just happening. Happened when you were a little tot. You know, it happens when you deserve it, don't deserve it, anybody else likes it or not, you still keep doing it. Wicked people do it, happy people do it. it just keeps on going. There it is. You know. So in a way, it's it's not dependent on the personality. You're actually entering something that's, that's a bit different. And yet, of course, it's very, very intimate. You can notice how your breathing is affected by Panic, obviously, uh, tension, obviously, sleepiness, obviously—you know—it gets shallow and kind of floppy when you're sleepy. Uh, it's it tight when you're panicky. Sometimes it gets really restricted, and we can see it in these rather gross forms. And but actually, it's it's affected by—it's very co to to mental states. But it's not related to one of on a. On a personality level, it's related to the very primary, sort of beneath that. So you, Just like you don't decide to get tense. <laughs> you know, it just happens. You don't Oh, I'll be tense between Thursday and one and two. Got it in my diary. No, it just kind of happens. Isn't it? So it's just reflexive stuff. That you, you can't schedule in, and yet there it is. In all its embarrassing Suchness to it. So you de- so a lot of our suffering is not self-induced. It's it's just reflexive, you know. It's subpersonal. So you actually need to be in a sub-personal process to to undo it. You know. It's like a lot of the time you can uh, you hear the. The thief like you hear a thief breaking in through the basement. So you go upstairs and lock the attic windows. <laughs> you know <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Something's wrong, so you know, you go up to your personality level and try and thought something about well maybe there's something wrong with me, I should be this and that and the other and perhaps I didn't do this or it's because of this. You know? No, no, that was you're going up into the up in the attic to solve something. Well, it's the theft is occurring in the basement, you know. So you get sometimes some to feel guilty about suffering, <laughs> or feeling imbalanced, or feeling a bit wacky, or something like that Something you know, it's a personal <laughs> slur. <laughs> it's nothing to do with it. we can't we can't resolve it at that level if we'd like everybody wants to be you know happy and bright and calm and good and sane and steady and peaceful and loving and so forth so uh, but yeah, sure, but it's not going to happen through through some kind of personal personality structure you can you can you know that can serve it if you've got that going you can manifest so that you can express that, but it's got to come from somewhere else, hasn't it? It comes from the heart, it comes from something much more spontaneous unprepared, you know, reflexive, just a natural quality. So you've got to go to something which is of that same nature, you know. And, uh, you know, the mind is a very difficult maze to weave through. And when you're trying to weave through it with the mind, which is itself kind of under... You know, s- extremely programmed in terms of should be and self and so forth. It's an extremely complex process, but you, can, if you can go to it through the breathing, you're coming into a to the sense of uh, uh, a process that touches into also the the reflex, if we might say, call it the subconscious. I don't, you know, it's co- it's. Uh, in words, it's it's pre-personal aspects or sub-personal aspects of of mentality, of our heart, of our mind, of our soul, of our spirit. Yeah, mm. it's the place that feels the joy. Place that feels the pain. So breathing in, breathing out, and actually. It, it w- so you're tuning in with that awareness of that and it can be the case that the breathing itself is has been gets captured by these uh, difficult states so you get restricted breathing or very shallow breathing or over breathing quite quite common Or doesn't deliberately do it just the system has got jammed sometimes you feel constrictions in it so the Buddha's saying, Well, you know, you first of all you've got to tune into where it is, and then you start to lengthen. Can it be long? And maybe we even do particular sort of exercises to 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 try and get past these restrictions. I was talking about, you know, actually refining the breath, holding the breath, sitting in a particular positions, trying to try loosen up the the, the, the abdomen, the the solar plexus, the diaphragm. Sometimes it's a question of of things such as we we wouldn't necessarily think of, just really feeling yourself, your body in the space around you, so you start to feel you're in something comfortable. Why one of the benefits of of being in a group retreat situation is there's something about the presence of other people that's reassuring, you know, just sitting, being here. And it's, it's uh, something you can, you feel it, you can feel it, familiar, pretty ordinary people, <laughs> really ordinary, and not intimidating, special, but just ordinary old lumps like me, you know, breathing in, breathing out, oh, that's nice, you know, somebody's falling asleep, most people are falling asleep, you know, think, oh good, it's not just me, it's nice, you know, <laughs> to be with people gently crumbling. <laughs> They <laughs> you feel at home. <laughs> think, oh, you know, we're not in some kind of race or competition or, or uh, <coughs> anything like that. It's just just everybody's bottoming out. And I think it's just that something something just can feel that that sense of all oh, you know, just really bottoming, touching, in. Mm. So relaxing, letting the meditation, getting out, out from the meditation demon. Yeah. It's telling you, should be should be mindful all the time, this kind of nagging thing. So you can feel the breathing, you really get the sense of more like it being breathed fully and you can rest in that. You can sense sense of just being able to ride on that. This is really important mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to get to that place. When it's like that, the breathing will also start to um, shorten. Come, as you feel more rested, that the, the over excitement, you know, the agitations die down. So you just feel just quite. Serene, still, the breathing becomes short. You don't need very much. Just put that little note somewhere in there. Do you you really need so much? Could you take a little less? Could it be finer? Could you slow it down? You know, just that sense of of monitoring. How one can be unconsciously just taking it over breathing. You want to just be lean on that. And it will actually increase your energy, not decrease it. As you know, when you're falling asleep, the breathing is quite, there's a lot of breath going on, but <laughs> there's not much juice. <laughs> so if you if you narrow it and refine it, you'll find that it does sort of wake you up. Mm. And then the is saying, being sensitive to the whole body, breathing in, breathing out. Subakaya Pati being thoroughly tuned in to the whole body. Because as the as you as the breathing as the respiration becomes lesser, then the sign the energy sign of breathing becomes more apparent. Yeah. So you have the if you like you can tell breathing because your body is moving, you you know, your tissues are moving, you can tell your breathing because you got the movement of air and what's perhaps less uh, to the fore less conscious of the knowledge is you get these energy tides you yeah. breathing in brightening breathing out softening just like that what is that you know what actually what is that and this is the bit that we detect in a in not very subtle way just ra- you know brightening and relaxing brightening relaxing there's actually a tide of energy there and this is uh, this is the the key this is the center of mindfulness of breathing kaya sankara the bodily conditioner that which conditions the body that which energizes the body that which the body depends on the bodily state the vitality state depends on that and uh, then this is something that can you can feel it in your whole body. You're not going to feel air moving through your whole body. You can feel energy moving through your whole body. So just even that that indication that it's not just um, a nose and lung job. Is you know. have uh, to, to to widen your attention, widen your awareness. See what's happening across your chest. First of all, the most obvious places: your chest, your throat, the whole torso. And there may be particular nerve nerve places in your face, around your eyes, nerve nerve endings in your fingers. You, know, you get the kind of sense of the whole thing just slightly thrilling with that. Mm. Widening, but also widening your awareness, and you need, need to widen your awareness because the tendency is it for it to shrink. It doesn't mean it necessarily become dull. It means your your worldview shrinks. If you see what I mean, it's like you, know, you could be quite, uh, quite clear, but quite limited. You know, it tends to shrink a bit, and you get a kind of certain um, staleness, you know, certain. Shutting in, you don't get the quality of radiance or suffusion. This is important because um, the shrinking or the r- uh, limitations of awareness means that we can, for a lot of time, feel, in general, in our lives, that like we're really okay. Because because we're not aware of the bits that aren't okay. That's the tendency. Is you, you know, that, you, that the mind will tend to. Put your attention on, on, um, or be more con- <coughs> more fully tuned into the bits that you can know what to do. And we'll seek out opportunities to, to be with what we can manage and what we can do. We don't want to be in our difficult bits. Yeah. yeah the, the awkward bits. Mm-hmm. So, what can actually happen for meditators is they can have very nice clear mind seemingly but it's like they haven't seen what's in the basement you know the living room is fine nice clean bright windows open it's really good in there there's all sorts of stuff roaming around in the basement <laughs> that you don't really notice they haven't gone downstairs and uh quite a uh so you also recognize that when there is a um, you know, the body also retains, through tension and constriction, particular blocks, tensions and so forth, which come from um, you know emotional psychological insecurities or difficulties of one kind or another. So it's something that you kind of closes. Um, so when you open up awareness, you open up the whole body, and you can feel things start, other things start, to, things start to move and shift. Feel kind of strange moods happening. Uh, uh, sometimes, you know, a lot of the time, quite uncomfortable actually. But then, breathing in, breathing out, through that, so you you clean out the basement and the attic. That's that's the I'd say that's the theory. That's that's what I'm encouraging so that we don't just have a nice samadhi experience and then you leave the retreat and you find you still have kind of resentments towards this person or you still have, um, you know, places where you feel very frightened and nervous when you're in public or something of that nature, places where you still feel a sense of, uh, you get, you feel fluttery or, or um, sad or depressed, you know. You actually want to clear out all of this old karma. And uh, the Buddha says that this mindfulness of breathing is something that can uh, bring you to full awakening. You yeah. know, not just a little bit, but full awakening. The the release from karma, from old karma, from old habits. From the buttons, having your buttons pushed. reflexes, breathing out, feeling the whole body coming up to the skin, and sweeping through the face, the throat, the upper chest, and lingering in these places, just checking out how it is there when you breathe through here, through this place, when you send energy through this place. Sometimes it feels strange because you think I can't feel anything. That's odd. Mm. So widening, softening, awareness. Giving it plenty of space. sensitive to the whole body, and then calming or settling the whole body, which means that the breathing, as you free up um, forgotten bits, frozen bits, stuck bits, then you get a sense of a completion. And completion is what you, um, what some, something wants that completion, that sense of wholeness, it's a, ho- a homeness. We don't have that, we look for something else to complete, to give us that, to free us from our sense of inadequacy or um, bleakness or fear or whatever it is, you know. When you're looking in the attic, for something, there's a problem in the basement. What you need is here. You wouldn't feel a loss of something unless you know something, you knew what was missing. You need to look in the right. We need to look in the right place for that. We need to sense where we feel the frustration, the absence. Yeah. So these, of course, are much more mental, psychological, emotional terms. You know. But as you as you touch into some of this stuff, where is your body? Do you notice what's happening in your body? Do you feel yourself going up into your head? Do you feel yourself sort of um, losing your body altogether, and just spinning out? Hmm? Do you feel yourself kind of tightening a little bit in the fingers or in the in the around the solar plexus? Interesting. Huh? So if we, you know, you see which which bits of your body actually start to relate to particular difficulties in your life. Those are the places to open, to feel into. It's right there. With a lot of just pure awareness. That is, it's not really trying to fix anything, understand anything, learn anything, develop anything. It just wants to be present with that. Breathing in, breathing out through that. Opening it, breathing in, breathing out through that. Being with that. And this is the empathic way. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Yes, this is really, it's just sitting in that, in that, sense of sustained gentle presence and sitting, sitting some of the difficulties within that place of sustained gentle presence that's felt, not just imagined or thought, but felt. This is why you, which you can cultivate through mindfulness and breathing.